Hello and welcome to another episode of Hitting the Bar, the football podcast. I'm Chris Carl. And I'm Jeff Saunders. Well, Jeff, more football this weekend gone and an FA Cup. And champions, not elect anymore, but crown champions, crown Liverpool. Crown champions, deservedly so, yes, without any any hint of doubt. All right, without any hint of doubt, I think I agree. We'll talk about why and how brilliant they were in a moment. But first, Jeff's trivia question for this week. Well, in 1956, in the match between Charlton and Huddersfield, it was Charlton. Huddersfield at Charlton were at home. With 20 minutes to go, Charlton were 5 1 down at home. <laughs> 5 1 down at home, 20 yep. minutes to go. Yep. What happened next? Oh, what happened next one? Fantastic. We'll find out at the end. But Liverpool are champions by a long way. Basically, they won it earlier than anybody's ever won it, game wise. Yep. But then later than anybody's won it because we're into June. Well, only because of the the lockdown. They would have won the, the Champions League, the World Club Cup, and the English Premier League all within 11 months if we hadn't had a lockdown so that, it was just stunning. absolutely brilliant I, I have to say I've been watching football a long time much longer than I care to remember I have never ever seen a team as good as that yes we it was so comprehensively yes what a team he's assembled Jurgen Klopp I mean of course you know you get all the jokes and uh, some of them I appreciate uh, you'll mm. never walk alone you'll never hear for, you'll never hear the end of it and all that because obviously they're going to gloat uh, as anybody would but I think Liverpool so comprehensive this season and so amazing yeah and and the, the more you read the, the the very many articles about why the more you understand why it's it's been a quite brilliant transformation by Klopp and and his team and you know we've been introduced to all the all the different members of the team and like Edwards who, who runs Mm-mm. the sporting director they win because they deserve to win just just consider this for a second two years ago they were 25 25 points behind Manchester City oh, yeah Last oh. year, they were one point behind, so they made up 24 points. This year, so far, they're 23 points ahead, so they made up another 24 points. That is progress, isn't it? That's yeah. an amazing uh, 24 points a season for the last two seasons. Now, unfortunately for them and fortunately for all the, all the rest of us, they can't do it again because there are only 114 points available. <laughs> yeah, there's available. a limit, yeah. And, <laughs> and, but they could end up with 107 points. Wow. The, pre- the previous record being 100, which yeah. was two years ago by City. Well, um, it looks like the amount of points they're going to get will have been enough to win uh, the Premier League for the last 25 times out of 26. Well, actually, the points they got last season would have done that as well. Wow. I mean, they're brilliant. And people are, of course, you know, churlish about it a little bit. Well, particularly um, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, yeah. Yeah, tell us, tell me about that, because you were saying before we started the, his reaction. Now, most managers, of course, are going to go, well done, congratulations. It's the sporting and professional thing to do. But he was a little bit funny about it. Well, it, it's more than it's sporting and professional. The managers understand how difficult it is to do. Yeah, well, only one team can do it, can't yeah, they? Yeah. And, and Alex Ferguson's congratulations um, didn't come with any caveats. It was just brilliant, well done. Mm. Ollie decided that that wasn't quite enough. It was, it was. Oh, congratulations! Oh, and so Alex Ferguson did it thirteen times. In you know, well, yeah, we know. We were there. We, yeah. you know, why say that? Yeah, what's, what's the what purpose in you saying that? And what what relation or what connection does that have to Jurgen Klopp? and that yeah. 20, those 24 players and this season yeah. it doesn't none at all he should take his lead from from Alex Ferguson who just actually wrote a letter saying congratulations oh. you deserved it well done 
one. End of story. Yeah, and most managers have done that. I, th- I mean, then yesterday, I think, he, he came out, Ollie, and said, it's time Man United won trophies. You know, trying to d- draw attention to his side, who are unbeaten in something like 14 games now. Yeah, they're on a, they're on a very good run, but I, I think this is coming out of the Jose Mourinho playbook, isn't it? Let's mm. talk about me. If <laughs> enough of someone else, what about me? Liverpool have done something unprecedented. Absolutely. As you say, they won the Club World Cup, they won the Champions League, and then they've gone on to win, win this season with a plomb and not playing I mean there have been years when teams included in my mind teams like Manchester United for example and Arsenal for sure that I've seen who've won the season ugly they've had many 1-0 mm, victories yeah. where they've, they've really forced that victory over the line literally yeah. when it's been really you know they shouldn't have won the game or they've played dirty or they've just played some very very boring football but Liverpool have done it with flair and with talent and it's been they've been a beautiful team to watch throughout the season generally oh absolutely Absolutely. It's, it's a team that's won 26 of 27 league games from August to 28th of February. They haven't lost at home in the league in three years. A group of world champions whose best player is an unfussy centre-back, whose centre-forward can't score at home, whose most creative force is a junior right-back, and they spent a net ninety-two million pounds on transfer fees in the last five years. West Ham have spent more than that. Uh, yeah, wow, and they're in the relegation zone. Yeah, almost. It's uh, not how much you spend; it's how well you spend it. And mm. they've spent extremely well. And the thing that Klopp is probably best at is developing talent. Mm. Taking Trent Atia squared out of the youth team where he was a midfielder and turning him into a fullback, and spending six months him working one-on-one with one of the coaches in how to be a fullback the way Klopp wants a fullback to play. Now they took Robertson from Hull City. Nobody else came in mm. for him by the way. From Hull by the way, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No one else came in for him, which shows you how good mm. their coaching is. Robertson was already the fullback that Klopp wanted but even he spent three months being taught how to play the way, how he could fit the way he plays into the Liverpool team. And you take one of those two fullbacks out and they're a different team. You know, it's 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 a kind of sort of disruptive element that mm. Klopp brings in his Liverpool team fullbacks are attackers midfielders are defenders which they are wingers are goal scorers centre forwards chase and counter press it's football in a different way than anyone else is playing it at the moment it's confusing for everybody else uh, yeah. but but I, I kind of what I took away from what you've just said for me is the sort of luxury and patience that he's allowed to take a player first of all from Hull and and change him mm. and then to take take an academy player and teach him a new position yes I mean, not many managers would spend the time doing that. They'd either buy that player who's ready-made. I don't know. It just seems it seems to be a luxury almost, but it shows a dedication on Klopp's part. A very, very special manager. Oh, v- very much so. I, I think he's quite exceptional. You know, I don't think there are any caveats around, and, and it does actually annoy me to hear pe- the, all the yes buts and... Oh, congratulations, but this and but that. Mm. Particularly the people going on about uh, Liverpool. Oh, it's been 30 years since they won it. As if, as if that's, that's the story. In that 30 years where they didn't win the Premier League, they won 14 other trophies. Yeah, there's not many teams around them that can say that. Tottenham certainly can't, well, my there team. There aren't many teams in the Premier League that have won 14 trophies in their entire history. History, yeah. <laughs> that's very true. For me, I think that the special thing is that they didn't win it ugly. They didn't win it in a boring way. They won it by playing very unusual football of you pointed out with all mm. the different positioning they've won it in a f- an exciting way to watch there have been some times when I felt VAR went in their favour and they won a game when they shouldn't but that mm. happens to every team throughout the season and it, it, it always I'm happens sure that, that to the winners it, yeah. but 
it always happens to the winners because people remember those things. Yeah. However, even if you took <laughs> those points away from them, they'd still win it by 20 points, so it makes no difference. Uh, the point is, I think, for me, Klopp is just phenomenal. But he's also great. For me, he's a great addition to the Premier League because he's interesting to watch and listen to. But he yeah. also uh, comes across as a very nice guy and somebody you definitely can imagine motivating the players on a wet Monday in January when they've just lost 3-0. You can imagine him coming into work and everything lifting him around him and everybody going, yeah, well, I want to work for this guy. Part of that is is th- is the way that Klopp was brought up, but uh, but also part of it goes back to the story he tells when he was 20 years old. He, his son had just been born. He was studying at the local university in the evenings to get his football business yeah. and, and coaching degree. And he was looking as well for a second job to help pay the bills. So I think it's, it's very like, like Ian Wright. Because he actually understood what everyone else goes through in life. Mm. He, he, he didn't become a millionaire at 17 years old no. with his first Like a first footballer. Contract. Was, yeah. he, he had to work for it. Maybe he understands better. And, and people who know him say, actually, when he leaves the ground, he switches off. Mm. He, he's not compulsive about it the way that Guardiola is, where in, you know it, it takes over the whole of his life. He never stop, never switches off, never stops thinking football. Klopp does. When he gets home, he's... A family a, man. A family man, yeah. Sitting and watching telly with yeah. his kids and, and not thinking about football. Yeah, I just, you know, probably exactly the way to be. I, I would guess that Sir Alex Ferguson is like that as well. Mm. Well, that's, uh, maybe that's a mark of being a professional, that you can... Yes, I mean, yeah. you know, do you, <laughs> why don't you stay late in the office? Because I get everything I need to do in time. Yeah. Uh, so maybe he gets his work done when he needs to, so he doesn't have to threat about it after. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a, a management book by a guy called Blanchard called... Um, the one minute manager about how you can every task as a manager that you can do it takes a minute and there is no reason for you staying till nine o'clock at night all that all that shows is you're not doing your job he's not doing it in time yeah not doing it properly yeah all right so we think Klopp is great I don't think there's any reason why people should not be praising them they're a great team let's see what happens next season but they're still a young team they're a young team and it's worrying for everybody else around them yeah if they they follow the 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 Liverpool history Mm. they will buy in the summer and and surprise people with what they do who do you think they're going to buy? Do you think oh it is going to be Jaden Sancho, or is he still? I have no idea. I, I would be very surprised if they would buy like that. What I would be a hundred percent certain of is they know now who they want to buy and why. They probably know if Salah's leaving or staying. They probably know who is leaving and staying. They've got they've got a few who are going out onto uh, retirement. Lalana is being allowed to leave mm-hmm. the club, so they know they've got to replace him. He's been a good servant for them. They know they've got to replace him. They probably know who they want to take him to the next stage. You're right. I remember Liverpool had won the league back. back Back in the day, and they 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 paid two hundred thousand pounds for David Johnson, who was the centre forward of Ipswich, who I think came third that year, and uh, he he didn't play for months. And journalists were asking the Bill Shankly, as it was then, well, why are you not playing Johnson? He said, oh, we got to teach him how to play football. <laughs> so, you, know, yeah. you you have to learn how to you know he, he, what he was saying was you learn how to play the Liverpool way. Yes, yeah. And then Johnson got into the side, and he you know was a top goal scorer for the next couple of years. They they have a history of surprising people like that and I but I would imagine the next the next few players who come in are going to be they're going to be potential replacements for someone. So you've got to force your way into the team and deserve to be there. Yeah, there is there is that clock way. So well done to Liverpool. Let's let's have a little look at some of the other results from last week because the Liverpool becoming champions was because of they were brilliant all season, but it just happened to happen when they weren't playing because Chelsea beat mm. Man City, meaning City couldn't catch them. So they had big celebrations on Thursday. Yeah. 
Uh, but uh, there were some other results. Manchester United still on that roll, as we said. They're not convincing, but they're getting better. Yeah. They are getting better. I mean, it, it seems to go in circles with them or cycles. Mm. Uh, but I think it's 13 or 14. There's a 13 unbeaten, 33 goals, 4-3 against. So it's quite yeah. quite good. I, I think there's been a big turnaround since Fernandez went there. He's been he is the he is the difference in that team. You know, very very intelligent player. Mm. For, you know, knows where the goal is, knows where his teammates are. Doesn't you know doesn't waste the ball. He's been very very good. And linking up with Martial and Rashford and creating goals. I, I mean, I, I think he's been there, uh, played for about eleven or twelve of those thirteen. Yeah, that's right. So quite clearly, he is the difference because oh, they the were difference. losing games before that. Yeah. But they did beat uh, Sheffield United, which is a g- kind of a six pointer <laughs> in a way, three yeah. nil. First hat trick for United since Disselroy or something. Yeah, Sheffield United uh, can't get back to where they were before. Yeah, uh, what's happened because they we, they were one of our, the teams that we were praising and, and still are. But mm. I mean, what happened to them? Because it seems strange that since the break they've not they've not caught up, have they? Yeah, that's right. They're, they're, their impetus stopped, and they they can't seem quite seem to get back to where they were. I don't know the reason for it, but I know that that is what what has happened. Mm, it's very strange because he's a good manager. Oh, very good manager. Yeah, another good manager who you were talking to me about before we started is Sean Dyche mm. uh, at Burnley. They've won two on the bounce now, one nil and one yeah. nil. Was it Watford and uh, Crystal Palace, home and away, or whatever it was? Well, they deserve to win both matches and certainly last night's match against Palace they deserved to win they, they, although they were played off the pitch for 10 minutes but Palace couldn't score and that let Burnley off and he, he made a couple of small adjustments and it was all Burnley from then on but you know their, their problem like many teams at the bottom is, is is getting enough money to buy the really creative you know incisive forwards who will always score mm. and it was Ben Mee who got the header from a corner basically who got the goal which you kind of think okay that's typical Burnley but they, they outplayed Palace well there seems to be a, a little bit of a push now for European places a big competition because mm. that puts Burnley back in contention for that yeah one one place off the Everton the, the Everton spot as you, yeah. yeah the Everton position as you call it but there's Burnley there's Crystal Palace still in with a chance for European football Sheffield United Wolves Arsenal Tottenham Man United but what happens if Man City do get banned uh, from the Champions League which is possible which makes fifth place then fourth place but what happens if Man United then win the Europa League and finish fifth does that mean who finishes sixth then gets into the Champions League it could do I and then seventh and eighth of Europa no I don't think so Didn't we had this a few years ago didn't we where mm. I think it was Manchester United did it again then and I, I think we found that the, the Champions League placed doesn't get passed on uh, I, I, I wouldn't swear to it though but, but I, nevertheless I think, I think if Manchester City lose their appeal then the Europa League goes down to the eighth place. Right, so there is big competition for yeah, that. And and Burnley are there. Whether they want to be in it or not, bearing in mind what happened last time they mm. were, is is debatable. Yeah, it does stretch your squad. Well they, they played three matches, so they played you know they kicked off the season having played three more than anyone else and didn't get into the group stage. Yeah, I mean it was a struggle for them and of course mm. by the time the season started half the players were knackered. Yeah. That is a stretch for a lot of those clubs. But ne- nevertheless it's an achievement. Out of all that group I want to talk about my team Tottenham because Mourinho said, and he has to say it, I suppose, but top four is still possible. It's not, though, is it? No, it isn't. It's no. just not. No, um, I mean, th- they might be able to be one of that chasing chasing pack, but they're not going to be all of them. Obviously, Liverpool and Man City, first and second, that's not go- 
going to change. That's not going to change. Leicester struggling a bit now. They are struggling, yes. Um, that they could drop out of the top four, but Chelsea are not going to. It looks as if they won't. No, they, they look they look quite good against Leicester again after 20 minutes. Mm. Um, and Lampard did. You know, I, I've been saying for quite a long time. The great thing about Lampard is he learns, and he learned during the match there, and he watched him to make three substitutions at half time. Is it's almost unheard of in in English football. Yeah. Uh, and when asked about it, he you know he took three players off. He said, "Well, I could have taken ten, seven of them off." <laughs> <laughs> you know, he he was not happy, and he let them know about it. Took three players off, replaced them with more experienced players, mm. and they looked that so much better. Yeah, he's got a good, decent team. I mean, let's not forget when he took over Chelsea, they had just finished third in the league anyway. Mm. Um, not much changed apart from one major thing, I suppose, was Hazard leaving. Le- leaving Haz- losing Hazard, yeah. And and the, the key thing now about losing Hazard is that they got, I think, 109 million for Hazard. They've still got 25 million of that money left, having bought uh, Timo Werner and Hakim Ziyech. Yes, yeah. So, you know, they, they still haven't got a net spend out of that. So they can still buy someone they're rumored to be after Kai Havertz or Ben Chilwell um, I would suggest to me they don't need Kai Havertz because they've got enough players playing attacking left-sided mm. roles already Chilwell might cost you know well north of 60 million which yeah. is questionable when, when you consider that Robertson cost 11 million this is the world we live in but I think he'd be a, he'd be a great addition because where where Chelsea were falling down throughout the whole match was left back I mean, mm. Emerson, the Brazilian they've got in there, is not up to it. No. Just, you mentioned Timo Werner. Quite interestingly, this weekend, he played his last game in mm. Germany. He scored twice. His second goal was his last ever touch in a Leipzig shirt, which is quite fitting. Yeah. But also, I believe, made him Leipzig's top ever scorer in the league. Yeah. But, but use the word ever for a team that's only existed for 20 years. Remember? Yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> all right. For 20 years, yeah, it's not quite that 100-year uh, history thing. But still, mm. that's, I mean, that's, an, um, that's kind of fairy story to you know, oh, scores, scores twice on his whatever the opposite of debut is, <laughs> his bow out, yeah. his finale game, his final game, and then scores with his last touch. Obviously, he scored and the manager went take him off because they were they were winning. But uh, that's a lovely end to his career there. And he's a very, uh, very good player. Yeah, kind of looks good for his start with mm-hmm. Chelsea. I'm interested that he did sign for Chelsea and nobody else. Chelsea are in the top four, I understand that, but there were other teams chasing him, and for some reason he, he decided Chelsea was the one. Well, one. One of his decision points is going to be, am I going to be a starter or will I sit on the bench so if he'd gone to Liverpool he would unquestionably start on the bench yeah that's a good point um, yeah. yeah and he'd no. be you know living in London I suppose is living an attraction London, yeah. uh, with all due respect to Liverpool I suppose but living in London young man with money yeah yeah I, I think he, he's been very very clever and, and I think extremely well advised by his agent stroke business mm. manager whatever because people were going in for him last year and two years ago and, and last year and he decided to stay with Leipzig and they obviously negotiated this very very low buyout fee of 53 million which when you think about what what center forwards who score one goal every every yeah. two matches or in fact he's better than that um but you're talking they're, they're 70 million plus aren't you straight well, yeah, away you know comfortably 100 million maybe mm. but you know we don't know what's going to happen to prices now because um certainly in germany the the tv the latest tv deal is 400 million euros less than the previous one ouch yeah um we've got 12 teams in the top two divisions in germany technically bankrupt um it's going to be very very interesting to see what happens with with transfer fees but but stay saying to Leipzig okay I'll stay another two years but the buyout's got to be reasonable and they set it at 53 million
Julian, which meant he could basically choose who he goes to. I mean, it's been, yeah. it's been very well worked out for him. Brilliant. All right, that's Timo Werner. Let's turn our attention to the match that you and I watched together. Last week, your team against my team, Tottenham against West Ham. Tottenham <laughs> won it 2-0. I know that you and our colleague Kirk Blows, uh, who's a, a writer and West Ham fan, uh, I know he had a lot of grievances about that game regarding VAR. For me, that was <laughs> we could, Tottenham won it comfortably, and I think West Ham were in trouble. I, well, West Ham are in trouble, and uh, the VAR, I, I don't think it was as clear a handball as other people think it was. Mm. So what, what happened was it brushed off the arm of yeah. a Tottenham player and then hit the back of the leg of a West Ham player and was went in yeah, for an own it goal. It was just a very, very unlucky goal. I mean, mm. that, that's the thing I take away from it, rather than was a handball. Okay, it might have been, but kind of... I so what, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if that's going to be the difference between us staying up and staying down, well, first of all, you have to say it isn't going to be because, <laughs> oh, it's because be what the happened other. in the other 37 games... Uh, yeah, it's about the way you play badly in 10 of those yeah. other games or whatever, yeah. I yeah. Think that's probably got a lot more to do with it. Yeah. Fabianski being injured actually is the reason because our performance up until the point where Fabianski was injured, they were good. And it was the goals given away when the um, reserve keeper, whose name I've forgotten, came in that, that screwed us. And then we were chasing it from then on. So yeah, that didn't help at all. But West Ham looked for me, and I hate to use this sort of word that pundits or commentators use all the time, but toothless. Well, they, they, I, I think there was no energy. And you, and you could see that in the body language and see what they were running for, what they weren't running for and there was no shape so they're clearly not doing for the manager the things that they're being they've been working on in training they're not playing for the manager and that's a serious thing and that's two managers this season those players haven't been playing for that i was going to say that was going to be my next point is that you and i watched the game Mourinho sat there with a stern face on as always mm. lounging back on his chair like a catalog model <laughs> but you know, he, he had his tactics right i think we were a bit toothless in attack i think we yeah. controlled the game nicely there was some lovely passing there was some lovely control but there was it was a, i think if there had been that handball we would have scored another goal anyway oh uh, no you know, i mean so the, the the result you know the, the, the particular score how it might, happened might yeah. might have changed but but tottenham deservedly won that they match. did but we were but who were they playing but who were they playing it d- d- doesn't mean that tottenham are brilliant again no uh, but what it does mean is west ham are still shambolic if you like but my point was kind of going to be we, we were looking at the two managers and David Moyes he, you know he's got this sort of wide-eyed wild wide-eyed expression on his face and it is that deer in the headlights kind yeah, of thing very much but so. he looks he looks terrified and clueless yes and I think if I was playing for him that would rub off on me well, you feel very jumpy, I think. If the manager f- looks jumpy and nervous and anxious, you're going to think, oh my God, what's going to happen? What are we doing? Yeah, I, d- I don't think the, the players have enough time to be looking over and studying the manager's face, to be honest. <laughs> I, th- I think. Uh, no, I mean in general, though. Yeah, I know. Uh, do they believe in the manager? And, you know, it's, it's all, it's like, like, like discipline at school. It's a confidence trick. If you don't buy into it, it doesn't work. Yeah. It only works when you buy into it. it you know, they're not buying into what, what the manager is saying. It's, it's obvious you can see them one of the Tottenham goals there were nine West Ham players behind the ball and how and Tottenham managed to go pretty much the length of the field before any challenge was made and there was no shape to those nine players. They were just... Ambling about. <laughs> they were, yeah, and there was no conviction. You, you watch Leicester or Sheffield United, and especially Liverpool and Manchester City, how they press. You know, they go and they get the ball, they harry. Look at uh, Kante and Ndidi, how they do it. No one in the West Ham team was doing that. You know, Diop was just fighting a lone battle at the back as, you know, he is a world-class centre-back and he'll go to someone, one of the huge clubs. Uh, and he must wonder what the hell he's doing. 
you know, why am I doing this? And, you know, Albrainer next to him was just, had a nightmare. Mm. Couldn't, you know, just seemed to have no ability to kick the ball, head the ball, mark a player. Important in a football are those things. Well, yeah, <laughs> and and the, the right back, uh, Fredericks, I think it was. What about showing the guy the outside, pushing him out to the out to the touchline? Instead, he takes the safe option of showing him inside, just let him lay the ball off, and I've done my job. And all the West Ham players, wh- whenever they got the ball, it was all they're taking the, the line of least resistance. So the forwards, with the exception of Bowen, Bowen was mm. trying. But the forwards weren't taking their defender. They weren't taking a risk. Oh no, much safer to keep the ball. So turn there back was inside. no run. Yeah, there was no running at, at no. the defence at all. Turn back inside, pass the ball back to a centre back, keep possession, and I won't have made a mistake. So and where now for West Ham? Is it south into the Championship? Well, or are, are you lucky that the other teams around you are equally bad or worse even? Well, uh, since the uh, since the restart went on, the the, ma- the teams in the bottom five have played thirteen, won zero, <laughs> drawn drawn three, lost ten. That's all of the teams. In the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, so I think the answer is uh, West Ham deserve to go down. Mm. Will they go down? <laughs> I don't know. It's going to depend on how bad the other teams are. And they are pretty bad, some of them. They will be rescued by somebody or not yeah. rescued by somebody. Yeah. But it won't be down to them. It won't be down to them. Interesting. Good point. This Villa and Norwich probably already down. <laughs> Looks like it, doesn't it? So it is a battle between West Ham against themselves <laughs> um, and the other teams just hopefully being worse. Brighton have pulled it around a bit. They have a bit. So they yeah. pulled away from you, Watford battling on but um, losing. Well, they're, they're on the downward slope, aren't they? They Watford? are. I wanted yeah. to quickly, before we move on to Watford, because it was something we said halfway through the season, when Nigel Pearson took over and suddenly they had an upturn, didn't they? Yeah. And we thought, oh, he's reinvented himself and reinvented the Watford team and they kept going forward and going forward and winning and then after this restart, they've gone back down again. Yeah, the restart has very badly affected them. They, mm. they looked to have pulled clear and, and it, it came at a very bad time for them, definitely. Yeah, it's weird, they, they, they were. They were on their way up to mid-table. Definitely yeah. mid-table and now possibly they will pull it round but they are, they're, they're right down in there with the, the battle with yourselves. Good manager Pearson though, he's a good but manager. Yeah, he is, there's a few there are a few good managers there that you don't probably hear enough of or about Yeah. you know, that obviously your Jose Mourinho's get the limelight because of their personality and their past mm. um, but Sean Dykes, Chris Wilder, Graham Potter at Brighton, all those guys you know, doing reasonable jobs or be- good jobs with, they're doing good jobs, yeah. with very small budgets but I want to just go back to the West Ham game, if you'll allow me, Jeff, because this criticism of Harry Kane that we had against the Man United game. This criticism of Harry Kane is complete and utter rubbish. By yeah, the way. Well, it is, yes. That was going to. Uh, hopefully, you were going to say that, but he had a great game against West Ham. I thought. He I was think he had a great game. He had a very good game. Good yeah. game. All right. Um, okay. Yeah, it, it's absolute rubbish. I, I can't believe that the, the writers and people are writing and saying what they're saying. He's been out out injured all of this year. He hasn't Kane. played since yeah. well Kane. since Christmas. So do you not think he might be a little bit rusty? Yeah, no, I don't think it's fair at all, no. really. I mean, he was tracking back, he was getting the ball, yeah. he was pressing. As you were saying about the Liverpool and Man City players, always trying to get the ball back. That's, That's what right. he was doing. Yeah. And he scored a goal. And, you know. he, and he scored. And y- you, you could see when he plays with Deli Alley, a player who's on the same wavelength as him, mm. things start to happen. They do. Son, Son looks better because suddenly there's a bit more space for him because mm. the forwards have now, oh, the defenders now, oh, God, we've got to 
watch Kane. Oh, where's Ali going? And they cross over and mm. pull players out of position. Kane is, is superb, and, and the criticism of him is just absolute rubbish, and people should be ashamed of themselves. The issue with Kane, of course, is will he stay? Well, I mean, obviously, as a Tottenham fan, I'm desperate for him to stay mm. because we have not got a replacement for him. You don't. There doesn't seem to be anybody lined up, and famously, Tottenham over the last few years have signed some backup strikers who haven't fulfilled their potential or their promise, really. You know, I'm not going to point fingers or name names because they were great players or good players. They just didn't fit in at Tottenham because maybe they didn't get the games. Son is good, great. Moore is there, you know, and Deli Alley doing doing what he does, although I think he's a bit rusty. Take Kane out of the equation and you get what's happened over the last few months. Exactly. It's going to be uh, be an issue for Tottenham because the the way that players are now, you, you, you have to come away thinking, well, Kane is going to want to win trophies, isn't he? I, I don't mean FA Cup. I mean... No, proper trophies, you know, yeah. Le- league titles and, and Champions League. Mm-hmm. Can Will he stay? Can can Tottenham keep him? It's so difficult, you know, being a football fan, especially of a team like Tottenham, because we haven't won a trophy since 2008. We came, vo- well, we got to, the, I was going to say, we came close to winning the Champions League. We got into the final. Got to the final, yeah. I don't think during the game we got close <laughs> to I, winning I, it. I think if, if you'd left, left Kane on the bench, you'd have stood a better chance of winning, to be honest. Yeah, that was a bad tactical choice by no, Pochettino. As a Tottenham fan, I don't want to see Kane go but I would have to hold my hands up if he did go and say good luck and you can't blame him absolutely you Uh, cannot blame him you know I've always from the first time I saw him play I I actually said that's a Real Madrid centre forward there Mm. do you think that's where he might go it's where he should go don't say that (laughs) there, there are he's a natural replacement for for Benzema mm. a natural replacement nobody has to change you know he doesn't have to change his game Real Madrid don't have to change their game you just plug in slot the new, him in you know six I think, year younger model I think if he has to go I'd prefer him to go to Real Madrid than Liverpool Man City or Man United obviously well, I don't think there's a place for him in Liverpool and I, I don't think there are surprising things and, and there are people doing all the uh, the analysis with the computers and that you know if Liverpool turned around and said yeah we want him then you've just got to hold your hand up and say well okay they know so right. yeah fine I, I can't see it myself City yes I can see it Aguero is definitely showing his age now he is showing his age and he's out injured now just had an operation yeah. um, is Jesus the answer I don't think he is um, so they need you know they need somebody up there and Guardiola does like a, a forward like him yeah. so I, I could see that Manchester United I really hope not no, I really no. hope not I, oh, no because yes, you be don't want Man United to be successful no, no, that would just be awful no, I, I like Kane too much I, yeah no. No, you wouldn't wish that on him is no, what you exactly. Yeah. Well, I hope he stays. I mean, you know, we've said this for the last two or three seasons. Is he going to go? Let's hope he stays and gives us just that one more season so that we can win mm. something. And he keeps staying and showing his loyalty or maybe he loves it there, maybe he enjoys it there. But there's going to come a point when he's going to have to say to his family and to, to Tottenham, you know, I've given you my best, you know, for my family and for my career, I've got to move. Well, he's what, 26? Yes. He? Yeah. So he's got these next two contracts are the big ones in his, oh. in, in his career. He's coming into his prime. Uh, you know, I, I I wish him well. You could take Lewandowski out of Bayern Munich, and he'd be just slot straight in there as well. There's last. another one, yeah. There's another one. All right, let's move on. Uh, just a topic that I want to bring up, which an unpleasant topic, really. And I'm going to warn people that I am going to swear now because some racist dickhead flew a banner over uh, the Burnley Manchester City game last week that said "White Lives Matter Burnley." Mm. Let's not beat about the bush. There's no bones about it. That is racist, and I think we can explain why. Well. It, I mean, it clearly is racist. There's n- there's no doubt about it. Th- the reason for the words "Black Lives Matter" was because with the behaviour of the American police shooting black men 
just for absolutely no reason, showed that black lives did not matter. So, it, you know, there were two words missing at the end at the end of black lives matter black lives matter as well as well yeah so and that's what it means to to fly a banner saying white lives matter as if they never have is just they always do they always they matter too much that's the problem no nobody else i don't think anybody's lives matter too much but no but you know what i mean at the expense of others yes and and it's utterly shameful for the idiot to to then come out afterwards and and do the i'm not racist but now here's a clue the word but (laughs) negates everything that goes before it. No, he's a racist. Yes, if you don't want to be called a racist, don't say racist things and don't do racist things. It's quite simple, really. It isn't that difficult, is it? But uh, Burnley, of course, were very upset about it. Sean Dykes came out very strongly. Of course, the captain. Ben Mee, he, he, he spoke so well. I was, it was really impressive. And apparently the Burnley players were lining up. They all wanted to get in front of the cameras and say, say what they felt. So, you know, this, this idiot does not represent either Burnley Football Club or actually Burnley Town, no. to be honest. The, you know, I've, I've been up there quite a lot, and they're lovely people up there. Yes. The, that did not represent Burnley. No, no. And uh, the guy that did it, you're a racist and uh, you know have a little look at yourself mate well yeah and and have a look at photographs of you standing with the the other racist the so-called tommy robertson putting your fingers up to be a hitler moustache mm. no, no you're not a racist not you? at all no, no. no. Mm. yeah we know what we're dealing with there but i just wanted to bring it up because it does matter that people understand the distinction between black lives matter and white lives matter and why they mean different things yeah and and you look at the internet with all these these fo- these memes being put up at a time to try to sort of do down the Black Lives Matter movement. All, it's all, oh yes, but. No, no, no. What's the reason for putting that up there? It's because you're a racist and you don't yes. want, you do not want black people to have justice. Now, John Colbert in, in America, um, he did a very, very, he just, he just put up this black woman, you know, I think she was in Washington, talking about what, what, what happens in her area and why the, the local people trash their own, their own, um, Neighbourhood, yeah. Neighbourhood, yeah. And (laughs) at the end of it, Colbert says, you know, we shouldn't worry about black people wanting justice. We've got to start worrying when they want revenge. Right, good point. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, I think so far, really, if you take it all the way back to slavery Mm. and everything that's happened right up to policemen killing black guys for no reason. Well, the the guy with the the violin who played music in the the, the animal hospital to calm calm the animals down, he gets shot. I mean, what on earth is happening in this Yeah, so there there is a difference between black lives matter and white lives matter. And really, you know, you've got to look at your privilege and think, yes, your your life has always mattered. And that's the problem here. Yes, I, I don't. I walk into a shop and I don't get the the store detective following me around because exactly. my skin's the wrong colour. It's fear. I mean, I've you know seen people on Facebook, oh, all lives matter, like they're some sort of guru, but actually you're missing the point. They're very much missing the point, yeah. Oh, yeah. If only all lives did matter. If all lives did matter, there would be no need for black there lives There would be matter. no need for it, exactly, yeah. So we just want to say we're in full support of the players taking a knee, and we're very impressed with me and all the other oh, Burnley ab- players absolutely. and other football players who've made their point. Abs- absolutely. It's been very gratifying to see it. And if this idiot 
uh, racist l lost his job because of it. Well, well, I don't care. That serves him right. Let's move on to what's coming up then in the world of football over the next few days. Well, this podcast, we're recording this on a Tuesday. It'll go out on Wednesday evening, but there is a game tonight. By the time this podcast comes out, it will have played. But as Jeff always says when we make a prediction, we can only look, make ourselves look stupid. It's Brighton against Manchester United. I think that'd be an entertaining game. Brighton haven't been too bad lately, but Man United have been good. Yeah, I, I, away win, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it'll be close. But So we're going to with Brighton to lose at home to Man United. Mm. Tomorrow, when this podcast goes out, so now, uh, Arsenal Norwich. Arsenal have won two games in a row now. Yeah. <laughs> they're frighteningly good. By the skin of their teeth. They haven't yeah. looked good doing it either. But no. um, And they're very dependent on Tobias, who they who is on loan, so he probably won't be there next season. Um, but Arsenal, the Woolwich Wanderers, should win that match. They should beat Norwich and probably condemn them to championship football. Yeah. Uh, Bournemouth against Newcastle. Newcastle are sort of up and down, aren't they, at the yeah, moment? They're, they're, I mean, the, the, the match the other day, they were sh absolutely shockingly bad against City. I mean, they mm. City could have scored any number of goals they wanted to. It w they, Newcastle were very, very bad. As bad as they were at the start of the season. But then Bournemouth aren't very good at the moment either. Yeah, but Eddie Howe is a very, very good manager. He's got to get it right sometimes, so I'll go for a home win. Alright, the home win for that. I'm going to go for a draw. Everton against Leicester. Oh, that, that seems to have draw written all over it. Yeah, that's it, it has, hasn't it? <laughs> that's got boring written all over it as well, I think. What that will depend on is whether Leicester can pin back Everton's fullbacks. If they can, it's going to be a ball draw. Alright, and then tonight, uh, in the sense that this podcast is going out when this game is being played. West Ham against Chelsea. <laughs> well, you can only see an away win there, can't you? You can, really. I'm sorry to say, Jeff. I think the best you can hope for is a draw by some sort of strange thing that will happen. Well, I if it's any other result, then, then the owners of West Ham have got to sit down with the players in an open meeting and say, <coughs> OK, why did you decide to play now? And why didn't you play last match, or the match before, or the match before? All right, then Saturday, Norwich against Brighton. Um, away win. Away win and Norwich down. Leicester yeah. against Crystal Palace. Home win. Home win. Man United against Bournemouth. Home win. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wolves against Arsenal. We're hoping for a home win. <laughs> hoping for a home win. I mean, Wolves are a significantly better team than the Wanderers, so they should win that, yeah. Yeah, and then another home win, I think, Chelsea against Watford. Yes, yeah. Right. It, there's a lot of fixtures, of course, coming thick and fast. Sunday, Burnley, Sheffield United. Oh, that'll be an interesting game. Mm. That will really? be, I think, because they're two very good sides, as we've said. Yeah. In a sense, they have good managers who make the best of what they've got. Yeah. And both almost on, well, Sheffield were in the European contention. Yeah. But they're both on the edge of it. Yeah. Draw. Draw. And then West Ham are away at Newcastle. Surely a chance of a win. A chance of a win, yeah. So a draw then. <laughs> <laughs> They'll snatch d um, victory from the jaws of defeat or the other way around. I think it's defeat from the jaws of victory yes. is what West Ham do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Liverpool against Aston Villa. Home win. Yeah, Southampton against Man City. Mm, that would be interesting mm. game, actually. Um, I'll go for draw. Tottenham against Everton on Monday, next Monday. Ooh. That is a tough one. I'm going to go for a home win, 2-1. A home win? Yeah. I'll go for an away win. All right. And then next Tuesday, uh, that would bring us right round to next week's podcast, Palace against Chelsea. Oh. Got to be a away win, surely. Draw. Or do you think you think it's a draw? You think, think Palace might just hold them? Yeah. Uh, Watford against Norwich. There's two teams that really both need to win. Home win. But only one Norwich can. Will, Norwich will be down by then. They might be, but they should be down by then, yeah, actually. That's a the good point. They'll be on the beach in their head. Uh, Watford to win against Norwich. And, and Arsenal against Leicester. 
I mean, Leicester haven't been good enough lately, but maybe they'll have sort of sorted yeah. themselves out by that game. Yeah, I'll go for an away win, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go for an away win. More hope than yeah. theory, yeah. Uh, but that is what I'm going for. That sort of takes us round to this time next week. Uh, this podcast comes out every Wednesday, uh, so we try to cover what games we can uh, and give you our predictions. Those were they. Time for your trivia question, Jeff. Okay, 19 in ni- the 1956 season, Charlton against Huddersfield, Charlton playing at home. With 20 minutes to go, Charlton were 5-1 down, and the question was, what happened next? Mm-hmm. Well, Charlton came back to win 7-6. <laughs> so it was 5-1, they were losing. They were losing, yes. So they scored six goals in the last 20 minutes. But, but Huddersfield still scored. And five. Huddersfield still managed to score. <laughs> what the heck? That is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So they went from 5-1 down to winning 7-6. Winning 7-6. Yeah. With 20 minutes to go. Wow. Mm. Those were the days of exciting football. Yeah, <laughs> but you have to remember, it was all, you know, there weren't colours then and people walked very fast. People, yeah, it was all in black and white. People walked very fast. And there was no discernible offside rule. Well, it, it kind of indicates that, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if there was, nobody could tell what was going on. Yeah. Fantastic question there. Thank you, Jim. Jeff, that has been yet another episode of the Football Podcast Hitting the Bar. I am Chris Carl. And I'm Jeff Saunders. And we will join you next week for more Hitting the Bar, the Football Podcast.